time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Time to rock and roll on another podcast with Glenn Mosseller. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn. This is the Retirement Roadmap, helping you learn a little bit about your financial plan and how to prepare for the future. Glenn is a registered financial consultant. He's our guide on the show today, the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office on Muir's Chapel Road in Greensboro. Find us online at greensbororetirement.com. Listen to past episodes of the podcast there. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and everywhere you can probably find podcasts. On today's show, we're going to be talking about famous last words. And these are words that we will hope that you don't utter (laughs) during your financial life. In fact, Len, I think as we're talking about famous last words, we don't want anyone's famous last words to be, hey, y'all, look at this. (laughs) That's that's never a good sign, right? Yeah, no, you're right, Walter. <laughs> it's a, be careful with that. We're going to be talking about the financial equivalent of, you know, hey, watch this from the financial perspective. Because in the financial world, there are several phrases, I think, that you don't want to be your last words either. So I'm going to throw out a couple of phrases, Glenn. You let me know, have you heard these before in your office at some point in time during your career? And what's been your reaction? What's been sort of the result of these kinds of conversations? First of all, we'll talk about somebody who's, you know, kind of looking back to that 2008 time frame, And they might say to themselves now, you know, I told myself a few years ago that I'd get out of the market if it ever recovered what I lost in 2008. But now things are going so well, I think I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Right. Well, and that's, you know, like you say, I mean, it's famous last words, right? I mean, when folks go through such a traumatic event as what it was for many people in 2008 and when the markets really turned down hard, it's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's like if I can ever get back to where I was, then I'll, you know, I'll be happy. And that's certainly understandable at the time, right? And even a few years after that. But if things are going along, I mean, that doesn't mean you want to continue to, you know, if you don't want to take undue risk, but at the same time, it's like you want to look at where you are anew, you know, where you are today. And a lot of it's going to be dependent upon how old are you, you know, how close are you to retirement, what is your time frame, what are your other resources. There's some nuance that comes along with that. Well, maybe you, you know, you reposition a portion of that, but you know. You let some other, you know, portions of that continue to go. And again, it depends upon where you are in life. But sometimes it becomes instead of an absolute, it becomes, well, okay, there was validity to what I said before, you know, and I gosh, if I ever get back to this point, I'm going to make sure that, you know, that never happens again and completely get out. Well, that might be too extreme, but there might be, like I say, a part of that. There's some truth in there as well, and there's some strategy in there as well to possibly think about, you know, well, it's not all or nothing. It could be this and that instead of this or that. And so that becomes part of the overall planning process, and that's where, you know, we, we get into that discovery as to, you know, where are you in life and what are your needs and what are your goals And, uh, you know, we might be able to put together a plan that allows you to continue on and not put yourself in that absolute position, but yet, you know, feel some comfort to know that, hey, I have recovered and, you know, I've got some, you know, position this way so that I have, you know, far less worry than what I once had. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I like that, Glenn. A good explanation there. Uh, Another example here, potentially a famous last words example from the financial realm. You know, I like the security of keeping my money in cash because I know at least I won't lose it. Right. 
Well, there's, like I say, there's an element of truth there too, right? And of course, it depends upon how much of your money is going to be sitting in cash, right? And depends again, where are you in life? You know, what options do you have? You know, how soon are you going to be retiring? You know, what are your overall objectives? And there's nothing wrong to being able to be in cash or, you know, or out of a risky position, depending upon where you are in life and so forth. But you do have to remember that, you know, if you set everything to cash, then that also means that you're dramatically limiting, you know, what your upsides might be. And you have to ask yourself the question, are you going to be able to keep up with inflation? And are you going to lose buying power if your money's just sitting there? You know, the closer you get to retirement, you want to be positioning, you know, a certain portion of your money so that it, it has less risk. But, you know, you have to think in terms of, hey, I've got risk on the other side, too. There has to be some growth and there has to be some growth of income potential as well so that I can keep up with inflation. And, and I'm not, you know, kind of uh, putting myself into a place where I have no options. There's always more options. You just have to explore and find out what strategies are there and what, you know, what can you do? What do you have access to? Most people don't really understand all the choices that they have and the different ways that they can position money because typically most people's experience in terms of, you know, putting money away for retirement, you know, really comes down to their 401k or their IRA and they, they may not know other options and other choices and other ways to position their money. And that's where, you know, it really makes sense to sit down and have a conversation and go through a discovery process and find out, you know, how much money should you have sitting in cash versus how much money should you be positioned this way or that. And, you know, it really, it differs from person to person and from couple to couple. Not all of these are, you know, financial statements necessarily. Sometimes they're statements about things that have an impact on the financial side. A great example of that would be somebody looking at the previous generation to try and maybe estimate how long they're planning to live. And I'm sure you've heard this, somebody come into the office, they're thinking about, you know, how to plan for the future. And they might say something along the lines of, you know, nobody in my family has lived past 75. So I'm not really planning to live a long life either. Why, you know, put so much money away now for the future if I'm not going to have much of one? Well, I have heard that, Walter. And, you know, the, the key there is that, well, you, you know, you don't really know how long you're going to live. I mean, that's that's one of the mysteries of life, right? And so, you know, just because maybe your ancestors or maybe your parents, grandparents, maybe they did pass away younger and there might be some elements there, but it also, a lot of it has to do with lifestyle choices and also just being aware of, of ways to stay healthier longer. You know, I mean, I, I saw a study, you know, not too long ago that said that when you started looking at your life expectancy, only 20% of that is genetic and, you know, about 80% of it is lifestyle choice. So, you know, oftentimes folks can end up living longer than what they thought they were going to live. And the, the last thing in the world that you want to do, or, you know, when I talk to folks, you know, I ask them, what's your biggest fear? And they say, well, you know, being elderly and not having any money. Right. And so, you know, folks want to make sure that, you know, if they live longer than what they thought, that they're still going to have resources to be able to draw from. And so I always encourage folks to be planning as if, you know, that you're going to, you know, live you know longer than what you think you're going to. And if, like I say, if you're a married couple and more often than not, you know, even if you did pass away early, you know, you're passing on the things that you didn't use onto your spouse and to possibly legacy for other family members that are, that is going to be well received. And obviously it's, you know, puts everybody in a better position. So, you know, just don't sell yourself short. You might end up living longer than you thought. And, you know, you don't want to be in a, it's like you think you're going to pass away at by 75 and then you live to 80 or 80 and you're thinking, oh man, that was a mistake. You know, you don't want to be in that position of regret. 
Yeah, regret is not an emotion, not a feeling we want to have when we're putting together our retirement plans and dealing with life savings. That certainly goes without saying. There's also people kind of in that same vein of looking at life expectancy who just say, you know what, I'm not going to end up in a nursing home and, you know, at the risk of, of sounding maybe crass, but it's true. People will just say, you know, I'd rather just be put out of my misery than have to end up in a nursing home. But the stats tend to prove a lot of those folks wrong. Well, that's true, Walter. A lot of folks, I mean, they they think about, you know, what their picture of what that would be like is something that they just don't ever want to envision themselves. They don't want to, they don't, they, I don't want to be there. Well, you know, that's something where they may or may not completely have that choice, you know, it depends upon their conditions and whatnot, you know, and what comes about. But more often than not, you know, even if they feel that way at, at a certain point in life, if they get to that point, and they think, okay, well, I'm going to need to go to the nursing home or else I'm going to have to, you know, to do something proactive to shorten my life. I mean, what are people realistically going to do? You know, I mean, 99 times out of 100, they're going to go, you know what, I, I miscalculated this. I'm, you know, I'm going to go end up going into the nursing home. And so it's hard for folks, some folks to be able to see that. But realistically, there's just that nature, that natural tendency to want to, you know, continue to live. I mean, it's, part of our DNA. And of course you have, you know, family members and, you know, other people who are going to be there helping to make those decisions or possibly making those decisions for you. And, um, you know, sometimes those decisions might not be entirely in your hands. And so you want to be thinking along the lines that, well, you know, I probably should have some sort of an alternate plan and not necessarily be so absolute about it, if that makes sense. Would this be a, uh, you know, famous last word as well, Glenn, I can always go back to work if I really have to. Some people try to use that as an excuse if maybe they're trying to retire before that plan is truly ready. Yeah. Well, you're right, Walter. How many times have you, you know, have you and I, you know, had conversations with folks? Um, maybe they either, they left the job early and they thought, well, they could go back to it, or maybe that decision was made for them. Maybe their company was downsizing or rearranging things, or maybe they eliminated a position or there was a merger or something like that. And they think, well, gosh, you know, I've got all these skills. I'm still young enough that I can work and do this and that and whatever. But, you know, we find that, you know, a lot of folks who are 50 or beyond, you know, when they go start going into the, um, the job market, it becomes pretty challenging for a lot of folks, particularly the older they get. It becomes harder for them to find, you know, companies that are open to the idea of, you know, providing them employment opportunities. You know, and of course, they, they say that, you know, all the, all the companies that are out there, they'll say that there's no, you know, age discrimination or anything like that. Maybe yes, maybe no. It's one of those hard things to really prove. But, you know, just kind of on just understanding and knowing all the different conversations I've had, I find that uh, when I start talking to folks who are in the latter part of their career, they've thought that they were going to have an easy time finding something else. And more often than not, it's harder than they thought. And maybe they've not been able to find something. So be careful with that one. You know, you just make sure that, you know, again, if, if you're in control of it and you're able to get you know, continue on, you want to really make sure that, uh, that you're making the right move. Or if you're going to leave something, then say, okay, well, I've got this I know I can go to for sure. Maybe you've had some preliminary interviews or things like that, but it's awfully hard to just, you know, completely walk away and then think, oh, well, I'll just be able to find something. You're, it's kind of like putting it, so it's all or nothing and you're, you know, you're rolling the dice and your risk reward may, may not be there. You with me? With you, certainly, Glenn. And and maybe just to kind of uh, wrap up the conversation today, any other common statements 
that you hear from potential clients that, that might make you cringe a little bit like the ones we've covered so far? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one of the big things that comes into play, Walter, is that, like, say, for instance, they're looking at their portfolio and their nest egg and, you know, and then what they're saving. You know, a lot of times they'll say, well, if I average a certain, you know, rate of return, then I'm not going to have any problems in retirement because, you know, that means that my nest egg will be worth this much later down the line. And, you know, you got to be careful with that one because, we're, you know, when you start to retire, you start introducing the, uh, the element of, taking money out and you also if if you're not continuing to work and putting new money into the uh, into the equation you're not a- actually able to dollar cost average and enhance those returns you're actually doing what we would call reverse dollar cost averaging if you're taking money out and then you know if you're having to do that you know when markets are in a down position now all of a sudden you're having to sell more shares at lower prices instead of buying more shares at lower prices and your average rate of return becomes less important in that calculation and becomes more important in terms of you know what's your actual rate of return and what is the you know the realistic ability for able to actually have return of your money instead of return on your money that's a whole different conversation and a whole different strategy that most people don't really think about that's outside of their awareness and we really 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 want to make sure folks understand what risk they're taking, you know, by just thinking that, hey, if things, you know, on the average, things are going to be fine. Well, they may or may not be. It depends upon the, the, the nature of what you've saved and how you saved it. And when are you going to start taking money out? And how soon are you going to need this money? It's a risk that, again, is not really prevalent when you're in, you know, when you're in your accumulation years. But when you move into retirement and you start thinking about income planning, that's a whole nother scenario that, that folks just don't, they don't really have any exposure to when they're saving for retirement versus when they transition to being in retirement. Well, these are all important considerations to have. And if you are listening to today's podcast and have similar questions, or maybe you've said some of these statements, don't let those be your your famous last words, right? Make sure you get a full plan put together and in place. And you can get that plan put together with Glenn Mosseller and the team at Roadmap Financial Consulting. It all starts with Either a phone call to 336-291-3535, 336-AREA-CODE-291-3535, or online at greensbororetirement.com. Schedule your time to meet with Glenn and have this kind of conversation with him, but about your particular plan. greensbororetirement.com. Just look for the free consultation button at the bottom of the page. Glenn, always fun having you on the podcast and uh, talking about some of these important concepts and things. We don't want to make these our famous last words, so we'll put the time together to put together a plan that'll uh, lead us to a little bit better situation. And we thank you for the time and the uh, guidance. Absolutely, Walter. Take care. I look forward to getting together again next time. Yep. We'll have another show next week, so come back and join us. As always, every week you can expect a show here on the Retirement Roadmap. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. For Glenn Mosseller, I'm Walter Storholm. Talk to you soon.